Hashtag Fresh Politics. We are hanging out with analyst Lebohang. I hope she doesn't kill me for using her engine number, Peku. Lebohang, dear Pullo Peku, is in the building. Hello, Lebohang. Hello, Fresh and other colleagues. How are you hey. doing? Uh, we have Somizi and Angie in the building. Uh, Mpo is in Bloom. But uh, yeah, welcome. Morning, all Somizi, Angie, and all the listeners. The U.S. midterms. Why should we care? Yeah, um, regrettably, it matters because, for one thing, the these results have really come at a time when the, the Democrats in the states were losing control particularly of the House of Representatives and in the House um, and in the, in the Senate. Mm. They still control, the Republicans still control the House of Representatives, which means that they get, or the Senate, which means that they get to pass, they were able to pass any laws without a, a, the assistance of the Democrats. Fortunately, ah. what this means is that it hampers um, some of these crazy, crazy pronouncements that he's been making about pulling out of um, inter- international trade agreements, um, going to war with particular countries in Asia and so forth. So it really hampers what might have been just crazy rhetoric, but you can never tell. And it means then that he now will be gridlocked in many of the things that he, he, he tries and intends to do. So in, it, when we think about international relations and international trade policy, um, this means then a lot of his ideas around how to make America great again will be hampered by the reality that he lives in a global world mm. and is part of the global community and that the notion of America first cannot be at the expense of the world and global relations first. So it's actually an incredibly important moment, much as, as I dislike the fact that we are so held ransom to what is happening in the U.S. and yes. Brexit and so forth. Regrettably, their flu um, also makes us sneeze. Okay, so in a nutshell, uh, the Democrats' gains in the midterms means that Trump can have more checks and balances in place. Yeah, exactly. So... D- this means then that there are more seats for re-election. It's also a better reflection of um, the Democrats' real popularity across the country. Remember when Trump won, there was this whole, and, 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 and Hillary Clinton lost, yeah. there was the controversy that she had won the popular vote, mm. um, and yet Trump had won the numeric vote, which is I, I still find quite baffling. Um, sure. And I mean, a, a kind of a, a lesson in, in non-democracy, quite honestly. But this actually then balances out the numbers in a useful way. Um, it also means that, uh, that the Democrats will probably have a speaker yeah. in the House, of course, who is also very influential in setting the parliamentary agenda. So it's an interesting moment. Given what little respect Trump generally has for women and minorities in the U.S., don't you think mm. it's rather poetic that a lot of the new uh, uh, seat members um, or House members are minorities and women? Yeah, I think it's fantastic. Um, there's a Somali-American woman. Yes. Um, there's a couple of Native American candidates. Um, the first, there are two they're Muslim, there are mm. two Muslim candidates, um, and so forth. It, of course, it's, karma knows everybody's address, hey, and it, and, and it has a GPS. So exactly. this is a really interesting reflection of the real America. Remember that this idea, when, when Trump is saying make America great again, he's actually trying to say make America white again, as yes. you can see. Mm-hmm. But the, refle- but the tr- reality of this is that America is 
uh, at least 40% people of color. Yes. And in the next couple, in the next couple of decades, we're aware that the majority of people in the United States will be people of color or who have some kind of, um, you know, non-white heritage, partially or fully. Or, this is what or, happens when you go meddling around in people's countries and continents. They will come to your backyard and they will kind of want to see what you, what's so great about this place of yours. 16 minutes after 8, fresh poly tricks with Lebohang Peku. Let's talk about 100 years since the end of World War One. It yeah. seems we continue to c- commemorate this armistice, but Africa is always ignored. I remember my grandfather dug trenches in Europe during mm. World War One, for instance. Mm. What are your thoughts mm. on this almost erasing of Africa's role in this great war? Yeah, it's not even almost um, when I'm fresh. I mean, it's ja- it's javelled out completely. Yeah. So what happened is that at the end, you know, the world, the, the both of the world, the wars or in a world or in a white white wars basically were had a had a couple of crises they had a crisis of trying to quell colonialism the second crisis that they both had was the cost of those wars because as we know war is expensive mm. and the third crisis that they had was of course the human resource issue so what better and who better than to than to than to conscript some natives knowingly unknowingly voluntarily or otherwise to come and do some of the dirty work and to be the cannon fodder so i mean the East Africa campaign was um, composed of at least 150,000 troops. South Africans were there. Um, I also had a great-grandfather who was also there. He was actually a prisoner of war, came back incredibly traumatized, was never the same again. Mm-hmm. Um, the Indians were there. Um, there were also you know, Australians, you know, Aborigines, people of color, Maoris, and so on and so forth. Not to mention hundreds of thousands of Caribbean soldiers who came to help the war effort to the so-called motherland, mother mm. country, yeah. Britain, at their own expense. Can you imagine? Oh, I got wow. You go to, you buy a ticket, SAA, to go and fight somebody else's war. And at the end of this, of course, people were incredibly polarized. So you have people like Mahatma Gandhi, W.E.B. Boys who are saying, look, let us, be ge- let us show these people that we are better than them and yes. perhaps we can leverage this form of patriotism as a demand for our own emancipation and mm. for our own anti-colonial um, strategy. Of course it didn't work because, you know, in fact, it, 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 we know the, the same sad story that people came back, they were still dehumanized, they were still not recognized. There are only one or two explicit stories of soldiers who have been recognized, black soldiers, African soldiers. I'm not aware of any African soldiers who were actually recognized with medals of honor mm. and so forth. But then again, I'm not a war historian. But I think that it, it, the, the sad thing about this is that it also, it, it still feeds into the notion of colonial subjects and natives and African people, people of color, um, Indians, Native Americans, black Americans being peripheralized in the popular histories of war. And if you noticed during the whole commemoration, Poppy Sunday and so on, I didn't see any African heads of state mm. um, being given any visible visible profile at all. Yeah. There has been no recognition when Prince William and others go and say, we'll never forget. They're not talking about us. They're not talking about your grandfather or my great-grandfather. They're talking amongst themselves. And I mean, that's a, that is a discourse that we must disrupt. I think after 100 years, knowing everything that we now know yeah. it is absolutely it is absolutely unacceptable in fact i think that about the only time they give a damn about our efforts is when we remember the ss mendy 
yeah, and its sinking in 1917. Uh, you know, yeah. otherwise it's almost like the Africans that took part in the war effort were never there. It's it's actually well, insane. It's, right. it's insane mm-hmm. that it, ca- it, it continues to happen. Yeah, it is. And and we need to write ourselves back into history. And I mean, the intonation is there. When we know sometimes our eyes are wide shut. But um, there's lots of history, lots of information in different museums online, um, different historians, African and, 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 and uh, historians in and out of the diaspora mm. who have done some marvelous writing. So we need to give ourselves the homework of um, teaching ourselves, teaching our children, teaching our community, yeah. um, and really claiming our own space in this history. Uh, and then quickly, if you don't mind, uh, President Buhari appoints a fifth general to bring yeah. back our girls. Are they for real? Yeah, yeah and those girls are big women now, hey? The grown, yes. the grown-ass women, wherever they are. They'll be grandmothers um, soon. Yeah, no, abo, abo, sis, abo mama. So, I mean, I think that the sad thing about this is that he's really not going, he's not taking us to the origins of where this whole this whole insurgency comes from. So, yeah. I mean, it, it, like many other things, it's, 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 you know, we've kind of simplified it into some terror group. It was originally founded in a mosque. It now has, and, and you know, Boko Haram means Western education is forbidden. So originally it had a anti-Western um, and actually anti-imperial discourse. And like many things, it had some good streams at the beginning. And of course, extremists and others have taken a hold of it and turned it into something violent and quite toxic. Um, and of course, extremely chauvinistic as well. It has reached outward to other similar insurgent groups, such as Al-Qaeda. So like many of these um, elements, it doesn't exist in one place. It Mm. exists in multiple places concurrently. So you'll find links to it in Afghanistan, links in Pakistan, links in Somalia, links across the Maghreb, um, North African region. And and I'm not sure whether um, President Buhari is, as interested in trying to bring the girls back and bring, well, bring the women back because they, they, those the Chibok girls, as you know, were not the only. This has been happening for 15 years. There yeah. have been these disappearances, low-grade civil war on this community for about 15 years. As he is, of course, in trying to re- secure his re-election in mm. February 2019. Clearly. And mm. in closing, can you confirm or not that you're related to a certain Dr. Mutsoko Peku? Come on, that's such an open secret. Of course I can. Um, I'm, I'm told he's going to be uh, delivering a, a lecture in 10 days. Yes, he is. Please be there. Listeners, be there. Please be there fresh. Please be there. Colleagues in the studio, bring all your friends, bring your neighbors, bring everything. You know, he's an elder, and I rarely plug him in public because I have a very separate public persona. Yes. But I will say that we don't have many elders left, and we don't have many elders left of his stature. Sure. He's going to be speaking on the land question, and I think that that kind of wisdom is very rare. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, uh, he, by the way, he's 88 years old tomorrow. Wow. So uh, we're very privileged that he's still having in our midst. Wow. Uh, the land yeah. question, lessons, opportunities and challenges happening on the 22nd of November out at Senate Hall at Vitz, uh, at UNISA rather, uh, in Pretoria. So um, if you are able to attend, please do uh, Dr. Motsukopeku, a legend uh, of his time. Uh, we'll be sharing his views. So uh, big, up, uh, to, big up to Pops. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Lebohang. That was Lebohang Peku. Hashtag Fresh Politrix.